Hello, and this is Our Music Oddcast. My name is Kendra. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're going to be talking about Robert Johnson and potentially Jimmy Page supposedly selling their souls to the devil. Okay, we'll start with Robert Johnson. Yes. Robert Leroy Johnson was born on May 8, 1911 in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. His mother, Julia Dodd, had 10 other children with her husband, Charles Dodds. His father, Noah Johnson, was a worker at a local sawmill and 14 years her junior. So she had an affair with a local sawmill worker who was also married. Um, but he was 14 years younger? Yeah. Get it, girl? Mm-hmm. I know. She ended up having a relationship later on with a guy that was like 25 years younger than her. Well, Damn. I know. Damn. That's I like, hear about that reversal very often. <laughs> I know. It's like, like this is like, what, early 1900s cougar action going on. Like, that's badass. Way ahead yeah. of the time. <laughs> But sadly, the Dodds were separated after a lynch mob came after Charles due to a property dispute with white landowners. Robert was sent to Memphis to live with his stepfather, who now went by the name Charles Spencer. And he eventually returned to the Mississippi Delta area area in 1919 to live with his mother and her new husband, the guy that was 25 years younger. Were they like around the same age then? (laughs) Just curious. I, oh, yeah, probably. I yeah, I mean, he was like a young, young boy at the time, but probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, um, no, then, then his mom was like pretty old to have him. Yeah, well, okay. I think he, he might have been. It didn't, I couldn't find a lot of information, but I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it was where like he also like so ten, long ago. I think he was the youngest of 10 children. Well, after, you know, her 10 children with okay. her husband. So okay. he was yeah. number 11. I guess it wouldn't make sense for them to be close in age because he only lived to be what, like 27? Yeah. Yeah, so, so, no, that makes sense. Makes sense. So as a young boy, Robert was able to play the harmonica and jaw harp. He was married briefly to Virginia Travis in 1929, but sadly she died after complications um, during childbirth. Hmm. I know. Have you guys seen a jaw harp? It looks like a torture device. I didn't know what it was. So I didn't know what it was. So I looked it up, and it's I can't even really describe it, but it's... When you say that, I just pictured... And saw, was it the first one where the lady has the, the thing on her face that's going to explode and blow her jaw off her head? I'm fascinated. I'm going to look up a picture of it and we'll probably end up posting it on her Instagram just <laughs> yeah, so everyone else can know exactly like, what a jaw harp is. <laughs> it looks like a dental device or something. Tight. I don't know. Okay. It's weird. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So he moved to, after his wife died, he moved to Robinsonville near his musical partner, Willie Brown who referred to Johnson as a competent guitar player, but, oh, wait, yeah, competent um, harmonica player, but embarrassingly bad guitarist. Around this time, he did practice excessively, and then he disappeared for several months, during which he perfected his guitar style, heavily influenced by Isaiah Zimmerman. Is that when he sold his soul? Yes. And Isaiah Zimmerman said that he learned to play guitar from going to graveyards at midnight yes. <laughs> and like playing on tombstones. Oh, I'm so in love with the story already. I know. <laughs> Continue. I'm fascinated. I love the story about how um, Robert Johnson actually does this too. He, okay, so his guitar still skills had practiced, oh my God, I cannot talk, um, had drastically improved more so than, you know, normal musicians thought possible, humanly possible. So the story is that he took his guitar to the crossroads of 49 and 61 in Mississippi, and this is where he made the deal with the devil. So in order to do this, he gave his guitar to the devil, the devil played a couple songs, and then he gave it back to Johnson after they made the deal for his soul. So... Sounds like a pretty brief exchange. Yeah, yeah, but kind of fun that it's like at crossroads at midnight. Um, um, yeah, and the, that's like that's definitely like the legend that has... like gone on all century or like you know into a new century honestly um (laughs) they show you know a a dramatization of this in oh brother where art thou Mm -hmm. oh and then they also have um the movie crossroads the movie crossroads (laughs) i watched a little bit of that oh my god oh my god can i just talk about this movie for a second please talk about crossroads first of all it stars the motherfucking karate kid (laughs) ralph macchio um and then it's like he like busts out this like old black jazz player um, that 
knows all about selling your soul to the Satan. Oh, oh yeah. Because he like a janitor at like a facility or something. Because he wouldn't yeah. take him as a guest. So then he's like, get me out of here. So they go on this like road trip south or whatever so he can like go to the crossroads and make a deal with the devil. And then like it ends with this like epic guitar battle. And keep in mind, <laughs> the kid goes to fucking Juilliard, right? So it's like... <laughs> He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's already a really good guitar player. He's just too structured, right? So he goes on this, like, crazy road trip, um, meets this girl, whatever else. I'm not going to spoil the whole movie, but the, the battle, like, the... With Steve Vai. <laughs> was with Steve Vai. <laughs> and so Steve Vai is just playing all of his douchey riffs, and, like, you're like... <laughs> you know, like, total guitar god style. And then, like... Ralph Malachio wins with Mozart and he just plays this like epic like Mozart riff and then makes it all bluesy and just totally ridiculous like he does at the beginning of the movie. It's like, oh, full circle, man. But they do definitely show the crossroads and they just talk about, you know, Robert Johnson like the whole time. And but it's okay. also like really funny that like this like white kid from Jersey feels like he needs to kidnap an elderly black man to go <laughs> sell his soul to the devil and then have a guitar battle with another white guy. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like that, but, you know, the year was 1986 and yeah. that's the year I was born. So I don't know. Yeah, I watched the I watched the guitar battle before I came over today. And uh, yeah, it's kind of funny at the end when like Steve Vai surrenders or whatever. And he kind of like just does this creepy like slink and then just kind of... <laughs> Exit. <laughs> Live your life that way. <laughs> Take notes from Steve Vai. Did you guys see the trailer online for Cobra Commander Season 2 on YouTube? No. No. Okay. It, I don't I know mean, what that is. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, the, the, all the characters from Karate Kid, you know, except Mr. Miyagi, unfortunately, because he died. But um, they now have, like, these schools that are trying to beat each other at karate competitions um, so it's it's it looks terrible but it's really funny thank god yeah. i needed something new to watch also funny that there's two seasons like there's gonna be two seasons it's like this. it's like if it man was made by <laughs> i'm sorry I love, it, I love it man like i i'm sorry this is such a tangent but i am like obsessed with like kung fu movies and all that so oh, I know. um definitely started with the karate kid but like i think if you if you watch like it's got to be like over like fifty kung fu movies and fighting movies. Eventually, Netflix gives you the kung fu subcategory oh, yeah. to select. <laughs> but it took like months to of it. dedication. <laughs> I was like averaging like at least like three a week before that popped up. It was a really proud moment. But the thing that really sucks is I did that on my roommate's account, <laughs> and so now I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> My Netflix is never going to be as cool as I made my old roommates. Yeah. Oh, well. I think Sorry. they finally took Bloodsport off recently. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. It is well, unfortunate. But I own it. I own one. it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got rid of, like, an entire Steven Seagal, like, <laughs> collection and, like, all these other great movies at the Goodwill. And so it's on, I have it on VHS, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Crossroads is not on Netflix or Hulu either, because I looked. Oh. I was going to watch that in preparation. Uh, neither is Crossroads starring Britney Spears. Neither of the Crossroads. <laughs> yeah, that is an unfortunate movie, but we won't I talk about it. That. I haven't seen it either, but I just like imagine that it's I a remake of the actual Crossroads with Britney Spears in a oh, it's really, battle with the it's, devil. It's just, oh my God, can you imagine how much better that fucking movie would be? <laughs> yeah, I haven't was, even watched it, if but it was I can Britney already imagine. Spears that kidnapped a guy from the nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> I want to learn how to play guitar. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh. I feel like that sounds like good fan fiction. It does. <laughs> I'm sure it might. It's maybe been done. God can only hope. Because <laughs> if not, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm have to look into that later. <laughs> oh man, what were we talking about? Okay. Robert Johnson's life. Robert Johnson's life, yes. So from 1932 until his untimely death in 1938, Johnson traveled mostly between Memphis, Helena, and parts of the Mississippi Delta playing music. He even traveled as far as Chicago, New York, Texas, Kentucky, and Indiana. Yes. And Represent. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, he was described as a soft-spoken and well-mannered person, um, but very popular with the ladies. Oh, yeah. They said yep. his weaknesses were whiskey and women. Yeah, I was reading that he uh, 
when he would play somewhere, he would just kind of invite himself uh, into a woman's <laughs> home. And usually they said, yeah. Uh, and then he just had to, you know, leave when husband, husband came, came home. home. Yep. I saw yep. that too. <laughs> Normal occurrence. Tight. It was kind of neat because I, I read that he adapted his shows and the songs that he was playing to the audience that he was playing to. So he could play styles like blues, jazz, rockabilly, country, and he could even do popular songs, but he really did kind of base it off um, where he was playing. And then he would remember that. So when he'd come back, he'd be like, do you guys want to hear this again? Which I thought was pretty cool. That's really smart. Yeah, very. So in 1936, he spent three days in a room in, in room 414 of the Gunter Hotel in San Antonio in a makeshift studio recording 16 songs. In 1937, he recorded 29 songs at another makeshift studio in Dallas, Texas. 11 singles from the session were released within the following year, and then he, you know, unfortunately died. Um, he passed away on August 16th, 1938, at the age of 27, due to unknown causes. They never did an autopsy. Okay, so there's there's stuff about that, though. Mm-hmm. There's different theories. Yeah, so let's discuss that. Yeah. So it, they had said that he may have contracted syphilis, and yeah. that had something to do with it. But then, like, Urban Legend said that he was flirting or banging this chick, mm-hmm. flirting with mm-hmm. her, banging this chick, and her husband poisoned his whiskey. Yep, with strychnines. And then, like, but then there was another... Uh, blues player that was with him that knocked it out of his hand all heroically or some bullshit Um, because like really yeah (laughs) and he's like don't drink anything that hasn't been um that you didn't open yourself and he's like never knock another bottle of whiskey out of my hand (laughs) and then drink the next one and then he died or whatever but I also read that it took them like 30 years to like identify him or something or like I don't know like I know that like, he... Because he was, like, left by the side of the road or something? Yeah, he was. By a farm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so fucked up. That's so awful. Like, this is, like, one of the guys that, like, totally... I mean, he influenced so many important... Yeah, thousands, everybody has to give that guy credit. Thousands and thousands of musicians. Like King, Keith Richards, Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so many of, like, the classic, like, early rock and rollers, yeah. like, cited him as, like, a massive influence. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, left by the side of the road. Like, that's just... They don't even know where he's buried. They they assume, they have three gravestones yeah. for him, and there are only two verified photographs of him in existence. Yeah. It's just like so sad. I don't know. Like when I read that, I got super bummed it made out. Me sad too. And but also, like okay, so I'm gonna like sidebar for a second with like talking about this like deal with the devil thing mm-hmm. <laughs> because like so we're saying that like. When he disappeared for that like couple months, that's yeah. supposedly when he went to the crossroads. Okay, so I was like looking up other people that made deals with the devil, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them have like really weird or mysterious deaths. Yeah, really. So like one of the most famous um, like guys that everyone says that he made a deal with the devil was Faust, like Doctor Faust, mm-hmm. um, this German alchemist. Um, and he did a bunch of other stuff too. Um, I looked it up like for hours, but I'm not going to like bore you guys to death with all of that. <laughs> but I do like that his, uh, his experimentations and stuff like that were like found in a ton of like grimoires, which is like magical books and diaries that people kept back in the, it was like around like, was it, it wasn't medieval, was it? I think they date back pretty far. I don't know exactly. I mean, I want to say like he was a, he was alive in the 14 and 1500s. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was like a long time ago. Um, so and then like, but then the legends about him kind of escalated like later, like yeah. way past his death, um, which is really interesting. Like Marlowe, I think is the one that like wrote about him more. Um, but like, that was also like, there's a fascination with alchemy around that time, like in the like late 1500s. So, but it's, I don't know, it's just interesting. But like, I was also looking that like, um, people selling their, their souls to the devil. I feel like that dates back super far too. Mm -hmm. like some of the first ones. Oh, I have so many stupid screenshots here. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of got lost in all the research, but there was, um, yeah, it's it dates back like 500 BC, like AC, AD or whatever. Oh, wow. It was like one of the first like recorded potential sales of soul to devil, but it all kind of sounds like bullshit. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it was also because for the sake of verify that from <laughs> for the sake of things being fascinating and also like what what isn't funny about like searching the internet for how to sell your soul to the devil. I was really hoping there would be like a wiki how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time for you to create there one because there is a, for everything else. There was a wiki how on to become a Levian Satanist, but <laughs> but like Levian Satanists don't believe in Satan. Right. So kind of a null point there. Yeah. But I did find one from this like uh, website that had like too many typos to be taken any sort of seriously. Um, They said like you need to like, you know, put yourself in a pentagram and call up Satan and they have like specific words, whatever, and you need one or more black, blue, or red candles, as many as you like, a pin to prick yourself with, a piece of clean paper, a pen or something you can use to dip your blood drop. So funny. And it's that just like, sounds pretty easy. It's yeah. like a legit like step <laughs> by step on like how to like summon Satan or demons and like all this stuff. <laughs> but I think the whole time I'm like, this person can't even type this up. <laughs> so, like, the first thing I think of is, like, I mean, everyone has spell check, right? Yeah. And, like, I get it. Like, I find typos in, like, some books. But then, like, the only books that you really find, like, really bad typos in are, like, the self-published on Amazon yeah. books. Mm. Or, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> like, that obviously did, never had an editor. And if they did, like... I mean, if the editor of Fifty Shades of Grey is listening to this, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forgive you (laughs) for letting that happen. Does that that mean you read all those books, Kendra? No, I read the first one and I couldn't even like, okay. I read all of them. I'm a hairstylist. I have to read some of those books. I'm a hairstylist. Like I had every, every woman sitting in my chair was reading it. And that's all they fucking wanted to talk about. Got to got to relate to your. I a bunch of the women that I worked with were reading it, and I read a lot of the popular books just because I guess like I read. Yeah, no, there's there's fun stuff about that for sure. Yeah, but like the the voice of the narrator, like the author, yeah, was just so annoying. Yeah, my inner goddess was doing (laughs) jumping jacks and flipping backwards so I could suck this dick. Like no, no. Just stop. And, like, you're literally referring to yourself as your inner goddess, like, like what, 50 times a book? Right. Oh, I just can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's <laughs> an actual, like, pretty creepy, abusive relationship. I know. Not romantic. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know they're into the, but, you know, that kind of, didn't that kind of extend beyond just Yeah, sex? that definitely, yeah. like, I feel like people that I know that practice S&M, like they definitely have a lot of boundaries and like hard set lines and there isn't as much sexuality mixed in with it inherently as like what it's portrayed in that. So like everyone that like gets a little bit kinky with sex because they watch those movies. Right. Like compared to like the people that are like, I don't know, like going to and paying a dominatrix, like they never fuck the dominatrix. They get, they just like to get tortured by them. You know, it's just like, it's interesting. I don't know. Sorry. I know way too much. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> this is like, I keep, I'm like, this is the day of all of my tangents. But like, that's what podcasts are for, right? right. Yeah, no. I'm like, like, I'm the one who didn't go eat. out this weekend. I was just doing my research. I literally didn't go out this weekend. Like, I watched a lot of TV, though, and I rearranged yeah. my apartment. I did a lot of yard work. Oh, I want to see it when we're done. Yeah, it was mostly, like, trimming some, like, bushes and ornamental grass and cleaning up and stuff like that getting leaves out of the bushes that's really interesting isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ever want to come over and do that to my place <laughs> before i actually really like i like know, planting flowers i don't like cleaning up anything yeah so okay so, <laughs> so no before we talk about jimmy page do you want to tell everybody what we're drinking oh today um one of my favorite drinks is cream soda with rum and it's, it's delicious. It is amazing. So it tastes good. like a milkshake. Or like candy of some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Finally broke our lemon water streak. Yeah, we were definitely drinking oh, lemon. Too. Izzy's were good. Yeah. I feel oh, like the- those would be good with vodka. 
probably. I think you're right. I feel like anything fruity is probably good with vodka. Did you guys vodka. ever drink mm-hmm. those Four Loco or Four no. Loco drinks? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. I actually used to drink those. Um, oh, man. Before and after they, you know, took the dangerous stuff out. <laughs> oh, do you I know. I didn't even know that they still made them, but my stepsisters. Do you remember Sparks? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sparks. Oh, my God. Make your tongue all orange. <laughs> I remember going to this party once, and it was like my friend's birthday party, and we like drove three hours to go to this party. And because we weren't 21 yet, of course. And uh, there was nothing but sparks in the fridge. And like the night just kept on getting crazier and crazier. Like there was a gallon of fake blood. Um, There were a lot of dicks out. There was like people doing naked somersaults down the stairs. (laughs) At like nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) It wasn't that early. Like it was, it was absolutely ridiculous though. It was probably like one of the funniest nights. So, okay, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. James Patrick Page was born in Heston, a West London suburb, on January 9th, 1944. He found a Spanish guitar in a house his family moved into in 1952, which is kind of fun. I think that'd be exciting to... Yeah. 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 So he began playing the instrument when he was 12. He took a handful of lessons, but was mostly self-taught. He would practice for several hours a day. And he lists his early influence as Scotty Moore, James Burton, which is a rockabilly guitarist. He played on uh, recordings of, like, early recordings of Elvis Presley. Mm. And he, Skiffle. Did you guys hear about Skiffle? No. Okay. It's kind of, it reminded me a little bit of, um, like, rockabilly. Or it's just, you know, like folky music. But it was an English thing that was big at the time. And I guess, you know, he played in a skiffle band when he was really young. That was one of his first bands and um, was pretty into it. It had a big scene. Yeah, skiffle. Hmm. Sounds funny. So, let's see. I lost my spot. (laughs) Skiffle. Just look for the word skiffle. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sounds like a sport. It sounds like Quidditch or like wiffle ball. (laughs) (laughs) Quidditch with wiffle balls. (laughs) Or, you know, like it has that same sound. Like, hey, let's play skiffle. Skiffle ball. (laughs) (laughs) So he was into the skiffle musicians, folk, blues artists, Elmore James, B.B. King, Otis Rush, Buddy Guy, Freddie King, and Hubert Sumlin. In 1957, Page performed in a skiffle quartet, that's what I was just talking about, for BBC One um, for a talent program called All Your Own. It was really cute, too, because he looks like a baby on, they have a video of it online, and he was talking about how he wanted to cure cancer if he didn't become a musician when he was older. Hmm. So he started playing gigs with any musicians that would allow him to play with them, and he played background music for beat poet Royston Ellis around 60, 61. He eventually started playing regularly with a band called The Crusaders, fronted by singer Neil Christian. He was 15 at the time, um, and toured with the band for two years until he got really sick with mono. Oh, mono's no joke. Oh my god! Yeah, You're a teenager, you get mono. In high school. I missed like almost like two months of high school. I missed a lot of school too. What, because I it felt terrible for so long afterwards. It was like mono, and then it was like a sinus infection that turned into pneumonia. Mm-hmm. That like, and then I also like withdraw from steroids because they didn't like taper me off of them because I had like golf ball sized hives all over my body. I don't know. And then also I got dumped by my first boyfriend. So then I was like, I I want to die. (laughs) I think I avoided, I avoided mono. I must not have been doing enough kissing. Kissing disease. Oh, also like I'd only like made out with like one person ever. So (laughs) I know there's, you know. Yeah, my friend was sick and I went over to her house to watch The Graduate with her when she was off. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I drank after her, which was idiotic. I'll give you that. But I caught mono from her, (laughs) so I didn't even get a kissing. That's such a bummer. I think I got mine from the drinking fountain. Probably. Yeah, because I don't think I'd see my boyfriend in like two weeks. Yeah. That's the breakup. And then never again. I know. Deathly ill. Totally. So Paige took a break from music while recovering and decided to pursue his second love, which was painting. So he enrolled in Sutton Art College and he was still playing guitar, you know, casually at the time and was playing with bands. He played at the Marquee with Clapton, Jeff Beck and other musicians. He then began working as um, a studio musician in London and quickly became one of the most sought after guitarists, along with Big Jim Sullivan. 
So eventually, oh, and during that time, he played on albums for The Kinks, The Who, the score for The Beatles, Hard Day Night. And I mean, there was this list was massive to so many yeah. people. So he eventually felt stifled by the session work and joined the Yardbirds. And funny, they had asked him to play years earlier, um, but after, you know, Clapton left, but he decided that he didn't want to tour you know, and do all that. Yeah. And then he also didn't want to replace his friend at the time. So he suggested that they hire Jeff Beck and they did. And then later on, he kind of regretted that decision and asked to join as their bassist. And he, you know, played as their bassist for a while and they were touring in the U.S. And I think they were playing a show in San Francisco. I could be wrong about this. But Jeff Beck either left because he wanted to spend time with his girlfriend or he had a breakdown. There was a bunch of different stories online. But they announced at the show that the bassist was going to step in for Jeff Beck and people, you know, were freaking out because they were, you know, pretty pissed that Mm -hmm. Jeff Beck wasn't going to play. And then, you know, to their shock, Jimmy Page is this, you know, incredible guitarist. And then he, you know, started playing with them as their main guitarist after that. So he... When did he sell his soul to the devil? It's, well, he, around um, Led Zeppelin time. Oh. So he's, we're working okay. on Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're I'm just fine. like, when did it happen? When did it happen? Was there a seance? So he recorded one album with the band before they eventually broke up. And then he actually had the rights of the the band and you know the name of the band signed over to him and tried to reconfigure the band and he asked Robert Plant he found out about him and you know asked him to play or you know sing play um, John Bonham and then his friend John Paul Jones on bass so they were originally called the New Yardbirds because they had a bunch of tour dates that were still left over from the old band and they wanted to fulfill those but then eventually took on the name Led Zeppelin because um Keith Moon and John Entwistle made a joke about how their band was going to go, um, you know, come across like a lead balloon. So they decided to name the band Led Zeppelin. But he, it was Paige's band, and he wanted the band to be a marriage of blues, hard rock, and acoustic music topped with heavy choruses. And, the, you know, they stayed together from 1968 to 1980. They were highly influential and successful despite never being liked by critics. Which I thought was, you know, kind of funny. I, I don't see why they're all very talented on their own. So right. It's, it's almost like a super group, mm-hmm. if you think about it. But they recorded nine studio albums. Six reached the number one spot on U.S. Billboard charts, and all nine uh, reached the top ten status. The band finally broke up in 1980 after the death of John Bonham in Jimmy Page's home. And it's not his house that um, Alistair Crowley used to live in. Okay. It was a different one. So while he was in Led Zeppelin, his fascination with the occult became widely known. He had owned a, a um, occult bookstore and publishing house in the early 70s called the Equinox Booksellers. That was in Ken- Kensington. And they published, sold occult material. They published a bunch of um, work by Aleister Crowley, who Paige had been interested in for a while. He said that he liked... Um, you know, his views on, you know, sex and, you know, being okay with being with like right. tons of other people and um, kind of that whole mindset. But, you know, Aleister Crowley was really known as he and his followers called the Thelemites. They supposedly successfully summoned a demon and they, you know, performed sex magic rituals. Yeah. Cause like, does it, is he the author of the satanic witch? He wrote several books. I don't like, know. I'm, trying, I'm looking names. it up right now. <laughs> because, like, I feel like I got my ex-brother-in-law one of his books for Christmas oh. one year. <laughs> it's funny. I'm yeah, yeah, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy. Yeah, yeah. He has, like, like, the scariest look on his face This ever. dude, like, my favorite picture of him ever um, was on the back of this book. And I just found it on Google. And I'm so excited. Let me see the picture. Um, he like, has his, like... Fist by his face, and he's wearing this goddamn triangle hat with triangles and like all kinds this of stuff. This goddamn triangle—it's <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, but he definitely wrote that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. So that shit's hilarious. Have you guys ever read that stuff? No, oh, it's I haven't. Amazing. But I've seen like not in like a yes, I believe this way. But I've, uh, this is absolutely fascinating. And like, what? Let's talk about drugs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of musicians were really interested in Crowley. Mm-hmm. So, because they think you can find his picture on Sgt. Pepper. Mm-hmm. But, oh. yeah, just kind of interesting. But the home of his that Paige purchased 
I don't know if this is true, but supposedly it was an old convent that burnt down and then he constructed his home over it. And then Paige, you know, eventually bought the house much later and that burned again. But he said it was definitely haunted. Not by oh. a demon though. By he definitely made he just said it there were ghosts, but what? it wasn't oh, okay. yeah. I wonder if it was like it a desecrated church. I know. Interesting. Yeah. So they you know, some of the occult symbols were um, you know, people noticed them on different album covers of the Led Ze- or you know, the Led Zeppelin albums. And they even have, I think it's the fourth album where they just have, it doesn't even really have a name. It just has the different symbols. He took on the Zoso symbol for himself and he had it embroidered along with astrology symbols on a lot of his clothes that he wore at the time. They said one of his famous outfits was his dragon suit, which I kind of expected it to be just like this really extreme, like crazy looking suit. But it, it was really just like a white 70s suit with like a dragon on it and some symbols. Pretty but, tame for the 70s. Yeah, very tame. Yeah. I, I expected a lot more. <laughs> but he found the Zoso symbol from an old alchemy grimoire. And um, oh, I'm so sorry, but I just have right. to go ahead and correct myself. Um, it was definitely Anton LaVey that wrote the Satanic Witch oh, okay. Bible or like, yeah, so... The Satanic Witch. Mm-hmm. One of their albums also included the Hermit Tarot card. I guess they commissioned an artist to paint that. And I think there was one that also, like one of the inside sleeves that had a picture of like Lucifer falling. The interesting from thing about the tarot cards is like those definitely, um, like that was the first deck of playing cards. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And know. so like it's interesting because they have like the pages and like instead of, like they have like the the symbols are like cups, pentacles, wands, and swords. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like, and the ace is usually like the zero card. Mm-hmm. So when they made actual playing cards, they moved the ace as to the highest because it's the people over the kings and queens and stuff. Yeah, but the the hierarchana like it's inter. I don't know. I like tarot cards. Yeah, <laughs> so like it's pretty cool. Like there's yeah, it's fascinating. Have you guys ever had anybody read very the cards for you? I I do them. Oh yeah. okay. So I, I I fucks with those. I had it done once, and it was at a Vera Bradley party, so <laughs> it was probably you know really legit. But the lady told me like all really negative stuff, and it actually happened. Really? Oh, see, like that's yeah. why I quit reading them for a while because like I feel like I so predicted like three divorces and like I. I think the craziest one I ever did was this girl that I did not know that well. She was just like a friend of a friend and we were all like drinking wine. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'll do this. <laughs> and she was like, how's my life going to be after college? And it was totally like awesome. Like everything was like looking super dope. Yeah. Except for like in the spots where it's like things that are hidden. And it was like absolute horrific betrayal. <laughs> Like, Aww. just, like, the worst fucking betrayal ever. And then it was, like, a weird time of transition, and then, like, utter happiness and awesomeness. See, that's good. And so I was like, what? Like, everything was looking so awesome. Like, did I just draw a weird card? Like, I was feeling really off about it, and I was, I was drinking, so I was like, I'm not, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, fuck it, sorry, that must have been weird, whatever. And I was like, maybe if you don't apply yourself, like, I'm, Kendra, I, I feel know. like I feel like we should have like an offshoot like podcast where like you just get drunk and do people's terror. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so fucking funny. But like, but the best part was like. I saw her like months later, like that was like that winter. And I saw her that summer and it was insane because she had been like ring shopping with a boyfriend that she'd been with for like seven years and he had been cheating on her and like literally moved out and like left her a letter while she was at work. Oh shit. So then crazy. (laughs) She was already, it was like a really brief, like, Oh, everything's fucked up, period. This dude that had been like secretly in love with her at work finally was like, okay, well, I'm not letting this opportunity pass. Like, please go out with me. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it might be too soon, whatever. They're totally married, have babies. Aww. Like, she's so happy, all this stuff. It's because of you. <laughs> no, it's like, but it, it's not because of me, but like, holy shit. Like, it that's was hilarious. Because right. we were both like, that's such a weird card. And when I saw her, she's like, oh my God. And I was like, what? She's like, that fucking card. I was like, oh my God, I know. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm like, this is the tangent day. 
That's okay. Yeah, this is a very like Kendra centric episode. Like it's very like it's <laughs> got. I'm so sorry. I'm no, no, no. Sorry. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just <laughs> yeah. mean like there's a lot of like. I feel like I talk too much. Satanic and no. I'm just like really like, like no, I'm know, a metalhead in my heart. Right. So yeah. No, I was not saying that. <laughs> so I just like when it was like Satanism. It's like oh my god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, okay, back to... <laughs> back to Jay Page. <laughs> I'm also not a big Led Zeppelin fan, so I literally didn't look up Either anything yeah. about him selling his soul to the devil. Yeah, yeah, I was only looking up Robert Johnson. And we'll, I'll get to that. I'm getting close. Um, so he was commissioned by a fellow occultist named Kenneth um, Anger. Kenneth Anger. That's probably wrong. I feel like I can. No, that's right. We always have to have at least one person in all of these episodes that has a really cool name. name. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Punk rock names. Like like Rocket Rocket Red Flare. Yeah. (laughs) That's still the best fucking name ever. He was commissioned to score um, his film Lucifer Rising, which ultimately led to disputes between the two over, it was like a time difference of five minutes. He did like 28 minutes worth of work or 23 and then needed 28. So he ended up like the guy was calling him out and saying like he wasn't a real occultist and he just dabbled in it. And it You're was just really a poser, funny. dude. Like he eventually released the album on his own. This isn't a game. It's a way of life. This isn't a costume. Would you it's think this is a costume? It's a way of life. <laughs> but. Sorry. And <laughs> more cops. But even though he, Paige, was a Crowley enthusiast, he never considered considered himself a Thelemite, which was, you know, one of the mm-hmm. really big followers. He did use some of their phrases in Led Zeppelin songs. And then, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but if you play Stairway to Heaven backwards, you can hear the message, so here's to my sweet Satan, the other's little path would make me sad, whose power is faith, He'll give those with him 666 and all the evil fools. They know he made us suffer, sadly. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. I've, heard of, I've heard of playing yeah. it backwards and hearing something, but I didn't realize it was something so uh, poetic. Okay. So yeah. I thought it was just like... So here's another side piece, and like this actually totally goes along with that. Um, the movie... <laughs> I love my movie references. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called Trick or Treat. Oh, I'd watch that with you. I own it. It is the goddamn best. Um, And it is about this guy that is like a rock star and he like sacrifices himself to Satan, right? And Uh this kid, oh, and it also has like Ozzy Osbourne in it. Yeah, it's like a televangelist. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a good one. And it's a, you know, just a guitar movie because, duh, so good. and I can't remember the guy's name, like the the rock star guy. But like, yeah, he like dies in like a sacrifice, like oh, like with pentagrams right. and fire and shit. I forgot all shit. about that movie, but now I, I vividly remember <laughs> watching then, like, it at your house. He plays the record backwards, and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> like and all this stuff, and then like it's like telling him like instructions and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden the guy is like coming to life out of the speakers and like turns into like this monster that's like licking these girls' tits and like all this crazy stuff because it's a horror movie, so you have to have boobs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's like zapping people with his electric guitar, like shooting <laughs> lightning out of it. Like, I don't want to spoil everything. It is definitely, um, if you're like a total nerd, like I am and love a good, like bad rock and roll movie, it is up there. I feel like trick or treat, the name trick or treat doesn't do that justice. Right. Well, and that's also why it took a while for the other trick or treat to come out because like they were having say, disputes on yeah. the title of it. Um, because this 1980s movie where it's like, oh, this metalhead kid, he's like getting beat up by the jocks and all that <laughs> kind of stuff and like totally has a grudge about it. Like it's, I don't know, it's beautiful. Isn't the other one trick R treat? Is that like, like if there's an R instead of I don't that? know. I don't know. But that one's really fun too. I like the spirit of Halloween type movie. I watch like every horror movie, but I haven't seen the one that you're talking about. I will I let you that. borrow it. That's okay. a good one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sorry, but like, yeah, but it's definitely like, and I feel like this whole Jimmy Page thing and like yeah. having that play backwards is like where they got the whole idea for this like craptastic, awesome, terrible movie. Yeah. They say that they didn't put any messages in their albums, you know, but it's funny because the guy that discovered it was, you know, a Christian guy that, you know, found a lot of stuff in different music at the time, but, um, 
I don't know. It, I just kind of wonder if it's that clear. I didn't listen to it. Well, like, but, yeah, what did your like, parents say? What did your parents say? What they, were their findings? Well, they they had a lot of stuff to say about that because um, my mom is like pretty interested in this stuff, and she, while taking a religious class, also watched like all this stuff about different people that were like possessed and different people that were you know musicians that were part of the occult. She, she was talking about all that, and then she was talking about how when she got their original album covers, there were some that as you would turn, there'd be different pictures that would show up. And she said that she remembers listening to that album or that song, and then you know the um, the Beatles that talks about you know Paul is dead, mm-hmm. number nine. Um, she said that they definitely did that when they were teenagers, and she remembers hearing something but she didn't remember it being that clear and she thought that it was saying satan is shining so so i guess that she still heard satan but yeah. that's interesting yeah or is it just one of those things that you want to try you try really hard to <laughs> well it's, yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's like, like the, the theme of this podcast and... is like is that reaching right <laughs> well, that's true we should have had your mom on here today to talk to oh she would it. love that she loves talking about this type of stuff your mom's so great oh thank you <laughs> um but so the rumor about him selling his soul. Yeah, please tell I me everything about this. He talked plant pay or you know, he's page. Um he talked plant and bonham into doing the bargain with the devil. He um couldn't get John Paul Jones. But they they did a spell together and you know, in exchange for music stardom, they sold their souls. So after that, um Plant was in a really bad car accident, you know, almost fatal, but it wasn't, and unfortunately lost a child. And then, you know, John Bonham died in his sleep at Paige's mm-hmm. house. So a lot of people jumped on that and said, you know, it's because they sold their souls. But it doesn't seem like anything really terrible happened to, to Paige. So that's interesting. Well, maybe because yeah. he was the, the instigator. Now, that maybe. alchemist guy that I was talking about earlier, like, I know I'm terrible about finishing what I'm thinking because ADD, <laughs> and also I just talk a lot. Um, but like he died in like an alchemical experiment gone wrong that like totally mutilated him. And then like there was also these rumors that were spread by like preachers because, yeah, um, <laughs> that said that no matter how, and they're like, maybe it was something to do with the spell or, you know, yeah. whatever that he was doing. Um, but his body would only face the ground, like that he huh. was going to hell. So that's interesting. And then you've got Robert Johnson, who was like never truly like they finally figured it out like 30 years later that yeah. it was his body and that mm. it was him. But so and then you've got all this crazy shit happening yeah. to this band. But there's so many <laughs> like I feel like a lot of people um, that held positions of power in the church mm-hmm. throughout the years were also like considered heretics that sold their soul to Satan. But oh, then I was really? like looking on these like Catholic websites and they're all kind of like, well, it's kind of bullshit. But then there was another one that I read that was like by a fanatic, which was like super great. Um, that were talking about all, like they were like saying that all of the rock and roll stuff from that time was satanic and all yeah. this stuff. And it's like, as someone that like, I mean, we, all three of us have been in bands, yeah. like, you know, like shock value. You know what I mean? So it's like, I wonder if like, if like, if anyone actually took it seriously or if they're just kind of fucking with people, you know, and that was part of the appeal for Led Zeppelin other than, you know, them all being really talented. Um, the mystery behind the band, because they had these ties to the occult and had, you know, these symbols that would show up and people could try to analyze that. Cause, um, that was something that my, my parents mentioned as well, that it was pretty fun when, you know, the album covers would come out and they'd see the different artwork. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to lie, like half the reason why I was like looking up how to make these packs with the devil is because I've been in bands for 16 years and I've never been famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ready what to, a, ready to bitch, sell your soul. What's the bitch got to do? So I did find something that's really great that everyone should know about. Um, there is a website where they will give you uh, the PDF file to download which is super awesome. Um, and it is like the legal document that you need to sell your soul. Um, it was <laughs> and like, you can sell it to anybody. Yeah, it's not a just free the devil. soul bill of sale. They have a drafted soul bill of sale form to finalize the selling and forsaking of your everlasting soul. Create a legally binding relationship <laughs> with Satan and seller. 
And like, it's like, choose your state, blah, blah, blah. And like, they actually have like all this stuff for you to do. It's that simple, kids. Yeah. I know. Like, so like I was re- reading uh, these like articles by like Ranker and like, but my favorite was like Weekly World News. Yeah. <laughs> because A, I'm obsessed with them. But they're just like, try not, okay, call Satan. Like, maybe you got to go to the crossroads. Maybe you got to go here. And I'm like, I'm thinking personally, like, we're in Indiana. Closest option we have is probably Hell, Michigan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, maybe find some gates in Hell, Michigan. We do have Devil's Hollow. There's a lot of... Oh, shit, we do have Devil's Hollow here. That's, like, right out here, too. Actually, there's, like, there's, like, literally a neighborhood in our town called Devil's Hollow. And then there's second Devil's Hollow. Yeah, there's one out by my parents. And then there's, like, the creepy one that everybody, like, fucks with when they're in high school that's, like, out north. The one that has, like, the chimney at the top of the hill or whatever. Yeah, where the house burnt down because a bunch of goth kids on acid burn it down. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, but I knew that there's, like, the ghost, like, the lady in white that supposedly walks around and holds a lantern. The funny thing about that is, like, um, I know people that, like, live right there. Yeah. And it's, like, half those families are, like, let's fuck with people. Like, oh, I would, too. I would love oh, that. absolutely. It's really There's funny. There's a haunted house on Till Road, too, or a spot where there was a house that burnt down that oh. supposedly you could hear. <laughs> Just like that. That was a ghost, yeah. people. That yeah. was a ghost. If, I don't know if that picked it up or not. But you yes, that was ghost. a ghost. Not Olivia's child. And funny because um, one of my friends that's been in a lot of bands, he played with Burnt Ones and mm-hmm. in San Francisco for a while. He went to the house on Till Road and he was it was just like the basement of the burnout house at the time. And he's probably the most credible person that I've ever talked to about ghosts because I don't really believe in that. But um, I would like to see a ghost saying that. Mm-hmm. But um, he said that he was there with some friends and saw like see through people walking around, which is crazy. I'm going to save my personal ghost story yeah. for like if we have it. Like, if we have a story that a ghost story is involved with our conspiracy theories, yeah, I'm gonna save it. But I'm just making it known that there's a that good there one. Is one. <laughs> there's a good one. Well, um, oh, one more thing before oh. we go. Were we gonna? No, I was just gonna say I thought that I saw a ghost one time, yeah. but um, it turns out that I just didn't take my Lexapro for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> so, easiest way to see ghosts, I guess. And it was like a middle of the night kind of, I think it was just like, I, I think it was just giving me like really vivid dreams Yeah, is what it was. Cause it was in the middle of the night. It's not like I'm just sitting here and you know, it's so great. So they're um, like, but it was just lack of Lexapro. That's, that's the only thing I've got. I don't really believe in it either. Sleep paralysis before. Oh, sleep which paralysis is, is awful. Oh, and it was where sometimes. I woke up. I didn't even know what it was at the time, but I was talking about to a friend at work about how I kept having this like reoccurring kind of waking dream type thing where there was like a, a figure standing over me and he's like, oh yeah, that's sleep paralysis. Look it mm-hmm. up. It's actually a thing. But it kept happening for a while. I like had a bunch of stuff going on at the time. Um, so I guess yeah. it, it happens when you're really stressed it's out. Manifests in day, yeah. Yeah, really weird though. But um, the first time it happened, I remember like not knowing for sure if a person had been in my room like standing over my bed. That's so <laughs> it was terrifying. Creepy. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Maybe it was I, Satan. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or an interdimensional traveler, according to um, Stephen Hawking. Oh. God, yeah. I need to read more of his shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Definitely. I uh, yeah. No, I've gotten sleep paralysis before, but I haven't yeah. seen anything. It's always just the thing where you try really hard to move and you can't, can't and then yeah, that's that's about the only symptom I've had. But I don't know. I feel like one of us is maybe getting visited by a demon tonight maybe. after all this. I don't know. Is I feel like I've, I've got family protection. Everybody, okay. update that's the group good. chat. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> one funny story that I came across while researching this, um, and I couldn't find the video or you know the whole episode, but it started. I was looking at IlluminatiWatch.com, so we'll oh, start there. Yeah, but it was talking about how John Stamos claimed that Jimmy Page summoned a demon, and he was talking about when he was playing with the Beach Boys when he was in his early twenties, and he you know, had to talk to Jimmy Page about something. And the conversation didn't go well, I guess. Page kind of snapped at um, Stamos, so he was butthurt about it. But he was talking about how he went in his hotel room, and he said that he had all this these, like, whips, and he called it, like, Satan or Satanic shit. And he even claimed that he thought he was, like, beating his girlfriend at the time because she had, like, different bruises each day and stuff. But um, I couldn't find the part where he was talking about him summoning the demon or him having proof of him summoning a demon. So I don't know if that's real or it actually exists. There were a couple pages that had, you know, the video listed, but once you click on it, it, it was nothing. So right. 
Oh, you too. But I thought it was funny. Like John Stamos claims Jimmy Page. Yeah, I went down demon. a lot of rabbit holes <laughs> while like, so many. while like, like thinking about this theme. I was like, I, I gave up being the whole like, let me be surprised by everything yeah. aspect of it. Um, because I'm like, okay, I'm not that lazy. Yeah, no, I think yeah. it kind of works out. There have been a couple where like you guys have done more, and then there's a couple where like she not like a, yeah. yeah. I like good. being the ignorant one, but like I know too yeah, much about true. Robert Johnson. And I was gonna say there's just a few <laughs> subjects that you but, like, can't that you can't help but. So, do you guys think that they actually sold their souls? Mm-mm. I don't either. No, because like, I don't know. I well, I actually don't believe in Satan, so yeah, like, I, I just so I don't <laughs> like I don't think so. But that's just me being an atheist, I guess. Yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think they did it for the hype. Mm-hmm. Such cool stories, though. But I it's love a great story. The detail that Robert Johnson went into. It's like. Man, like, like too bad we're talking about this right now, and like people will actually listen to this because I'm like, man, what if I, would I get famous? If <laughs> 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 I said I sold myself, I don't actually want to be famous, but it would be funny, like mm. social experiment time. Yeah, well, I mean, you know where to find the contract. Mm-hmm. I do, I know. I like, I was so I was thinking about that because it's like I got my whole band to join the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, because we're like, obviously, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our religion for the Snarks. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Snarks. I thought you were talking about like an older band. No, I remember, no, like, we just all decided thing. on on a road trip. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, and they all did it, huh? Or maybe it wasn't the church. Of, they, I don't know. It was one of the dumb ones. I can't yeah. remember. I figure out which one it is. <laughs> I, I know. I can't remember what like, I'm committed our, to. What's my religion again? I don't know. It's something <laughs> silly. But... Um, but yeah, now that I know where these like legally binding contracts are, right. like that would be pretty funny. I feel like there'd be some hesitation from some of the band members though. But yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there. The next band practice, <laughs> just just a thought. <laughs> this has been our music podcast, and thanks for listening. And uh, thanks for checking us out. Me and the devil, ooh.